uh, sky faxing. I kind of think of smoke signals. I don't know. What do you guys think of it, about it when you think sky faxing? Oh, I, I was thinking like the literal plane in the sky. Sky uh, Doing sky reading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, is it? Is it skywriting when they have no? It's skywriting. It's skywriting when they do the trail, right? But when they have the yeah. banner, yeah, or no, no, skywriting is yeah, when they have. Well, sorry, yeah. sorry, no, that's the trail, yeah. Yo, yeah, I was gonna say skywriting is when they use the chemtrails to make a message. Mm. <laughs> use the, it's the the message is to distract you from the fact that those chemtrails are are getting everyone to suck in five G parasites. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now I will say I think if we're gonna like put a pin in which one is sky faxing, I'm gonna say it's probably the one with the banner because I think that's closer to faxing than it is. Yeah. Um, because you could make that banner with like a specific font with a specific and like you, as we all know, fonts have uh, a way of portraying a specific emotion. So like if you were to do, you know, um, Jenny, will you marry me? But it's in Comic Sans. That's a very specific emotion that you're getting across. I was also going to make a joke off of Comic Sans, but you, <laughs> you, you beat me to it, though. I, I think it's a, a little bit of low-hanging fruit in some way. It, <laughs> it is, but I'm still going to go for it. Probably the, the like the best time I've seen, the best thing I've seen like uh, an airplane banner used with was like I don't know if anyone else here watched the show Kenny versus Spenny from like I don't know oh, fifteen yeah. years ago yeah so there was one episode where the goal was to be like hated by as many people as possible oh. and, <laughs> and so uh, I think I think it was Kenny because it sounds like him like had a banner fly over a good chunk of Toronto that just said Jesus sucks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! And it was that's, like, yeah. It was like, yep. Yeah, okay, that's a that's a yeah, pretty big it. power move on that. I no. feel like I feel like we've like as a society gravitated away from the rich potential for fucking around with people with like skywriting like there's so much there that you can use and i mean i don't know how expensive <laughs> it is but i feel like this is like it's like the most prime way to mess with people you know <laughs> i mean you're definitely right because like what what are they gonna do about it like it's, <laughs> exactly. it's way in the sky they can't like <laughs> just say you can't just wipe it off like and try to move past it no <laughs> Like it's in the sky, and if it's not targeted enough, then you probably aren't going to be hitting up against like libel laws or anything. Exactly, exactly. I'm really glad that our show has become a platform to to really speak out for the the lost potential in skywriting in (laughs) society. Um, I'm glad I'm glad we could uh, we could serve that need and help further that that fill that cause. Well, you know what, like. For uh, for the low low price of uh, thirteen thousand dollars a day, this podcast could have a fifty word red or black capital characters uh, fly around a Canadian city. <laughs> Are you actually googling the prices right now? I'm at airads.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I that that was to such a degree of specificity that I mean, no, that's not a joke. He's rolling off the cuff. He actually googled the. He, I knew you had to. 
that's great so like do Um, they charge by how many uh characters are in the message there's like a max to the character but the rate is based off of the time you the the plane spends oh oh interesting okay this website's great by the way I think it's fucked up because I'm also on like a dark mode, but like all of the buttons are made from like, they're obviously like old buttons that have been scaled up. So they've got like really harsh like edges to them. Oh like, my it's... God. Okay. Sorry. What is it called? I'm going now. Uh, if you look up air, <laughs> air ads here, I'll, I'll, I'll post here. Here we go. Oh, okay. Perfect. Thank you. There you go. Good. Air, airads.com. Aerial wow. outdoor advertising since 1947. <laughs> they got Damn. history. They, they wanted to like get that niche like filled oh as soon as God. possible. Yeah, probably running with a bunch of like 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 old World War World War II planes that the government was trying to sell <laughs> off. Good lord! Oh, they even wow. they even do aerial billboards too, so you can haul like rather than just you know words, you can haul like a PNG up there. Now, the part that I'm really interested in that really drew my eye when I first loaded this page up, because I'm, I'm of course, on here now as well, um, is there? there's a button at the top that says, why Ariel? <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why, like, I'm sure you're wondering, why, like, what's the justification for this? Uh, oh, my God. Wow, they, they do cover <laughs> most of uh, Ontario, don't they? <laughs> Aerial yeah. delivers reach in ways other advertising or public awareness methods cannot, and without clutter. Exactly. <laughs> there's Man. no co- there's no competition for ad space in the sky. You're, yeah, there really isn't. Oh my god! Like you're competing are... with God at that point. <laughs> What's God <laughs> gonna do? He can't brush it off. To be fair, they do talk about like simply Ariel is sought after when the goal is to reach as many people as possible in a short period of time. Yeah, you know, that's fair. If I saw some plane drawn ladders in the sky, I'd be pretty fucking drawn to that too. It's true. I mean, uh, I'm okay, now here's, here's where I have some questions because they have a big hmm. section of called cost effectiveness. <laughs> I, I, I somehow can't believe that you could ever have the gall to argue that there's a cost effectiveness to ordering sky writing. A hundred percent. Like, I'm looking at some of these prices. These are, this is way more expensive than I thought. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was going to be something like, you know, like 500 bucks for like five minutes. That's not even close. Oh, no. Uh, airtime air is expensive. Like whether it becomes whether it's like helicopters, planes, airtime is oh insanely expensive. Oh, my God. Honestly, like I kind of want to know, like now I kind of want to know like how much it is because they probably just fly it. They probably don't like make the banners or anything. I, I'm interested, like how much it would cost to like make those banners then fly them oh true they probably have a warehouse somewhere of like all the hundreds of uh banners they've done over the years surely they throw them out oh man you know there's like there's a collect there's a there's like a collection person for everything like there's the person who ca- who like collects like old like cars on their lot yeah like, there's gotta right. be someone who just has like an old barn or warehouse it's just like Full of old sky banners. I, I believe that. Yeah, they just have them just draped from the ceiling, and they every once in a while just walk through with their arms upstretched, let all the banners brush them to gain power from advertisements from times past. 
<laughs> oh my god, you can get and rent a remote control blimp with the ad on the side. An, a remote control blimp? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, I closed the webpage. I'm going to have to reopen it because I need to know what that <laughs> looks like. Where is it's this? It's just, it's, it, it's on the main page. Just scroll down a little bit under, uh, like as you keep scrolling down, there's eventually an option underneath all of the, uh, the sign ones. Oh, and yeah. like towards the bottom, there's a blimp, there's blimp options. Oh yeah. Remote control yeah. blimp. Eight models to choose from. Yeah. I mean, 5,500 for a remote control blimp. That's not bad, honestly, for a full day. I guess mm -hmm. so. I do have to, I, I did notice a spelling mistake. It says quite electric instead of quiet electric. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I like, maybe they were quite going for the idea electric. that it, it is quite electric. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, digital leaflet cables. Does this thing like shoot out bits of paper at people? <laughs> that's, I'll uh, say was, that's kind of intriguing. Probably, I hope the premium, I'm looking at this and I'm not seeing it, but I'm hoping this somewhere. Oh, premium drops capable. That implies you could attach a t shirt cannon or like a sand, like a subway sandwich cannon. Oh, oh man. Sorry. Hold on. Scroll down below the remote control blimp. There's a straight up airship blimp zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> guys like those three one. words are totally different and they needed to all be in that same sentence oh my <laughs> god the the cost of one week is like more than a lot of houses Damn. jeez though i do like the idea of how the 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 one um uh there there was the one bullet point on the remote control blimp where it says the, the premium drop cable i would like to know what medium grade drop capable me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um probably like a degree like a like a chance of maiming at that point. <laughs> uh they I think I think t like for sort of like that reason t-shirt cannons aren't a thing anymore because you could really like knock someone's eye out with them if you're standing too close. Oh yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I mentioned it, but like I don't know if this was used in many other places, but at I think it was one of the times I went to an Ottawa Senator game uh with Zoo like years ago. Um Ooh. back when uh Canada Coach was running like buses of people um mm -hmm. from here to Ottawa. But mm. there was a point where they were actually shooting subway subs out of like a t shirt huh. cannon. Shut up. What? what? No, hundred percent. Like they, wow. they, they, they. It was the only time I've ever seen that. And like, predictably, they fired one that just missed everyone and like hit the concrete above one of the entryways. Someone <laughs> <laughs> like showered in like something. <laughs> so the, the wrapping was really extensive. It just made this like wet sound. I was just like, uh -huh. oh, it was amazing. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> Holy fuck, wow. That's so poorly well thought out. It's like, it was so what? dumb. Oh my god. That's so fun. So like, did they just have a like a cart of these subs and they were going to keep reloading them? But then after the first one, some guy's probably running in like, stop, stop, stop. Like, don't, 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 no. They fired like six of them out there. And, and then, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know if they had like more people in other parts of the stadium. Like, I was eyes glued. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would have been too, for sure. Oh my god, that that's so funny.
I I don't I I don't have anything nearly that funny. Um, I I only mentioned like I don't think they have uh t-shirt cannons anymore because, um, I the last time I was at a Jays game, which would have been about two years ago, um, the cheerleaders uh they just have like XL t-shirts which are um kind of rolled lengthwise and then tied into a knot um and then they just take the one and and sort of like whip it above their head and then like launch it into the uh into the stadium Hmm. um so it's it's a lot safer but because they've got that knot in the middle it still has some momentum so yeah it's a lot safer and not as stupid as launching sandwiches (laughs) that's still amazing though but <laughs> sandwich is a lot funnier. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it did make Sandra's for a fan. good story. Yep, and you know what? The Ottawa the Senators need as much fan engagement as possible. That that franchise is big oof. You know what else is a big oof? I really let this uh, cold open get away from us. But uh, welcome, Balcony Banter. It's episode twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the show where we talk about flying sandwiches and renting blimps. And we today we are joined by <laughs> a, a nice dope duo with us. We have Invisifly and Didgery Stew. Yay! That's oh, me, Stew. I'm Stew. I'm I'm flying <laughs> like a blimp. <laughs> Call back. Wait, it's come back around. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, but that's like coming back to like you, you've just left your friend's house and then you like pulled back up like two minutes later. Like, oh man, <laughs> it's so crazy and backer. It's been such a long time. Like you never expected this. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. How you guys doing this week? Pretty uh, good. Yeah, I'd say I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. I oh. mentioned uh, before this, I had my head slightly damp because I cleaned my headphones today, and the ear <laughs> the ear pads just refuse to dry properly. So I'm uh I'm in damp head mode for this here <laughs> podcast. Okay, it was pretty funny though when you said, um, "Can you guys hear me all right?" I just finished my cleaning my headphones. Uh, I just I'm just glad that they work. I am a little damp though. Yeah. And then you left <laughs> it at that and didn't give any other explanation. No other context needed. Yeah, well, I, mean, I need it. to keep myself as a man of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the greatest mystery that draws everyone in. Like, oh, why is he damp? <laughs> why is Stu damp? <laughs> that should be the episode title. Why is Stu damp? Listen to find out. It's going to be now. Oh my god. Uh, I can't say I'm drinking or partaking in any um drugs uh i just have a bubbly a lime Ooh. bubbly that's all i wanted tonight you mean a buble a buble i have <laughs> a buble if anyone's oh. seen the commercials with the uh bubbly tea and michael buble it's all just... youtube wanted to show me for like a month <laughs> yep i have yep, seen yep. a weird number of those ads too they must have spent a fortune on that because yeah i'm pretty sure like everyone's seen at least one of those ads I mean, oh. I got I gotta believe that they didn't really have to pay Michael Buble that much. I'm oh, sure. not really him. I just mean like to show people. But yeah, uh, I wonder he probably got a decent deal out of that. I'd oh, imagine. I'm sure. Like I'm sure oh, he's definitely. getting paid. But 
I don't know. I also don't see a lot of people talking about Michael Bublé these days. I, I kind of sense a little bit of, uh, you know, looking for relevancy in today. He's yeah. one of the many music artists that I've firmly enshrined in my mind as holiday music guy. Yeah, I was... yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I I, I was going to say that, like, Michael Bublé is very much a it's time for the holidays sort of uh, voice. Um and I, I don't know, there's always those, like, jokes and memes every November, November 30th, where it's like, uh, December is coming, Michael Buble is emerging from his cave now. For me, it's it's always more been, I mean, it, that, but uh, also just, like, it, he's either viewed as that or it's, like, white suburban mom music. <laughs> I can tell you, the white suburban mom's loved hearing them some michael buble on the, the <laughs> they sure do oh yeah <laughs> oh god i don't know if there's really anything that like i dislike about michael buble but i just i don't know it's i I wouldn't say that i necessarily like there's anything i actually do like either it's just like a he's just, just a very neutral mediocrity i guess oh um it's like the McCain fries yeah. of music. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, there's nothing no. really wrong with it, but it's you know <laughs> very it's light. Also not like it's not going to keep you coming back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say that I I I don't mind his music, and if it happens to come on like the radio as mm-hmm. I'm driving to work, then I'll be like, yeah, I will listen. I don't actively seek him out, but I do really enjoy his music. I think it's nice, but it is very white suburban mob music. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Fly. Like, I won't seek him out, but like, if he's on the radio or whatever, I just I enjoy his voice, so like, I'll leave it on. Mm-hmm. Sir, he's not yeah. a bad singer. I certainly don't mean to say that. Oh, yeah, no, no, for sure. It, it, it's not even really to dunk on the guy. It's more just like I have this weird perception of it, and it's not it's it, it's nothing I blame on the man himself. It's more just like a I don't know. That's just what I have. Canadian retail decided that he was going to be a holiday music guy, and he probably just hasn't been able to escape that, no matter how hard he tries. Yeah, he kind of got typecasted. Not casted, but you know what I mean, just kind of shoved into that role. Man, this is uh, quite the host of topics we've been rolling with here today. (laughs) Well, I mean, I was actually wanting to say something that I've been saving all week to spill out. It's kind of, it's like a story time, a story, but also like a topic as well. Uh, so I have a I have a whole new respect for TikTok now. Honestly, what? Okay, I have a, I have a whole right. new respect for it. I'll, I'll, were you were you, were you lacking you respect not, or just not, neutral? Well, see, not I was the direction I saw today going. It kind of, <laughs> it just has like kind of the uh, what's the what's the word? It has like the stigma around it that like people don't like it, but like a lot of people still have it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was like that for a while. But I ha- yeah, anyway, I have a whole new respect for it because it answered a question that's been plaguing me since before the year started. Like, oh, I want to say close to six months. This question's been plaguing me. Okay. Uh, where do babies qu- come from? Well, <laughs> where, where, where does the sun go at night? I mean, these these are pretty invigorating questions. Uh but one of my friends uh, came to me a long time ago and said, hey, do you remember uh, this scene from this ch- kid's so- kid show we used to watch? Uh, and like, yes, I remember that scene. Do you remember? And he asked me, do you remember what the show was called? 
and for the life of me, I couldn't remember it. Like, you know, oh. uh, when someone asks you, like, hey, do you remember this? You can picture in your head, like, it's on the tip of your tongue, but I, you just can't yeah. think of the damn name. Top 10, like, one of my worst, like, most hated feelings. <laughs> that, oh, that's man. every person that I briefly met or location I have been to once. <laughs> <laughs> the place, the thing, and the, the guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, it finally answered the question uh, because TikTok has like, uh, I don't know if you guys like watch it at all, but like it has these a lot of different trends. Uh, probably 80% of them are trash. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, but some of these trends are actually very nice. And one of them that I have a keen interest in is uh, people saying like, name a show that you remember that you're pretty sure no one else remembers. And just like, seeing all these shows that like I used to watch as a kid that I don't remember, but like they show like the theme songs in them and it just unlocks like uh, chess full uh, chess filled with memories in my head. And I really like that. uh, I'm curious though. What was the show that, Uh, but the show was called the rippling friends. What? Oh my fucking God. I remember ripping friends. I'm going to Google. Oh my fucking God. Uh, so yeah for those of you who don't know I don't know if it was a Canadian show but the Rippling Friends was just yeah, like Canadian a Canadian animated television series oh Sorry, damn okay thank it was Canadian thank god but it's just like these insanely buff oh! <laughs> insanely buff guys that are like cr- like superheroes I guess um, yes yes Ripping Friends like red- oh my god the ri- oh, was it Ripping or Rippling okay what Oh, it is ripping. Fuck. Okay, my bad. Ripping friends. But yeah, it's just a show about these insanely buff guys that like they're superheroes. They still live with their mother, but they 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 fight the most absurd enemies. Uh, but anyway, one of the the scene in question for the, all of you intrigued. Uh, one of like the main protagonists, or uh, is either one of the main protagonists or the villain, like rubs his hands together, and they're insanely shiny. And like he just cries out, I ain't got no friction. (laughs) (laughs) And like, oh man. Oh, yeah, this is for sure done by the Ren and Stimpy people. There's a particular particular face scrunch that they do. Yeah, it has that really weird, gross feel. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm actually kind of sad looking back on this now and remembering, because yeah, that is by the same guy. And it's, kind of disappointing because of course that also has come with a disclaimer the fact that the guy who created Red and Stimpy's been basically found to be like a creepy pedo dude so that's kind of disappointing Damn. Well, but, uh, I and... remember this this was yeah. wild as shit when I was a kid like I don't remember a lot about it but I remember a lot of how I felt when I watched it and yeah. <laughs> yeah. see I'm in the same boat I don't remember a whole lot either but I just remembered that one iconic scene my friend came to me and asked me about it and like Again, this question was just plaguing me for months because I could picture the art style. I knew it was a show about insanely buff dudes, but I just couldn't remember the name of it for the life of me. And then I'm just scrolling on TikTok one day and that trend popped up, like name a show you're pretty sure no one else remembers. And it showed me the Ripping Friends and I just it just unlocked chest filled with memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it was such a good feeling. 
Uh, that is there's got to be like a special type of like dopamine that gets released when you see something from your childhood that you completely forgot about but then when you see it you make that face and then you go oh my god and you just feel that nostalgia coming back in floods all the warmth and yeah everything good good when you were a kid just come comes rushing back yeah. oh it is such a a very iconic and uh, good feeling. Man, I completely forgot about that show. So, man, <laughs> they, thanks for bringing it up because I got all <laughs> those feelings just now. <laughs> hey. Probably but yeah, that's... on YouTube or Daily Motion. Uh, I know. Well, the the scene the scene in question, like I don't know, I don't know if the whole show is on YouTube, but they do have the, uh, at least one full episode on YouTube because mm. I, I was trying to find that scene. Uh, but yeah, just like that's kind of why I have this whole new respect for TikTok because A, it answered a question that's been plaguing <laughs> me for months and B, it just brings back all kinds of warm feels with this trend that I've been really liking. It's well, kind of like good. a form of like digital archiving in, in a weird Ar way. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I do appreciate that shit. There's... Mm. I my my heart always goes out to the people who work on trying to document that shit because a lot of a lot of companies that own the rights to it generally don't give a fuck like Sony here recently just uh, dropping all the game stuff from their service and just not really setting anything up to preserve that. It's it's definitely good that there's a lot of people kind of putting in the time, usually for not much uh, in the way of uh, recompense financially, just to sort of preserve that for the rest of us because it's uh, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, the only stuff I've really looked at on TikTok to any degree are like basically just cooking videos. Okay, yeah. Just like cool TikTok recipes. A little bit, yeah. Like not not any of like the real cursed stuff. Oh um, no. Yeah. <laughs> more more like, oh hey, how does this person make like a turnip cake? I'm like, okay, that seems kind of cool. I could try that. Yet though, you're the one to always post the cursed shit into our fucking Discord server. Sure does. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Listen, I I like to keep like one of my one of my early YouTube follows was a uh, was a a dude who just had like the most disgusting kitchen ever, oh. and he had this personal theory that he put in one of his videos that um, there's this like big lie that the food companies are perpetuating on everyone, and it's that all tuna is secretly turkey. What you do <laughs> is you open your can of tuna. And you get a hair dryer out and you just zap that tuna with the hair dryer. And he's like, now it becomes turkey. And he didn't explain anything out more than that. He just hair dried this tuna can until like all of the moisture evaporated. So, yes, I do enjoy some real cursed kitchen <laughs> stuff. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm trying to understand like how you get yourself into a mental state they're <laughs> drawing some fucking tuna he also turkey this dude also like grill hot dogs on his like uh you know the co you know you know coil stole stove elements he would grill his hot dogs on the coiled stove elements oh i oh. thought you were gonna oh. say he was gonna grill them on like his like space heater or something <laughs> No, he did put he did that at one point put a hot dog in a toaster, which is like not the 
Not the absolute oh, worst thing you oh, can do. Fuck. That's not egregious. If it was, a but it's pretty weird. Special, I could maybe understand. Mm-hmm. I still. Think I think this is black. just a toaster. Toaster. Oh my god. Uh, speaking of toasters, actually, here's another thing I discovered on what? TikTok recently. Okay. Gotta get away from the curse okay. as quickly as possible. I'm sorry, oh, but oh, I, have, I really have to say this because this blew my mind. Did you know toasters have crumb trays at the bottom? Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I never fucking knew that. Are you, you just, you just slowly open up the bottom of your toaster oh one day and like I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like it's eight little crumbs in bees, there. Bees, bees. It's like when you uh, you're checking the 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 keef catch in your grinder, right? You got more in. You've stocked a bunch up in there. Oh man! <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. Oh. That's, you know what? Okay, th- you had. Thank you for your bravery for coming forward with that because, <laughs> like, there's sometimes that thing where you think like, oh, like, was I the only one, or is this something like? And then you think like everybody else does it yeah. too, right? And you think you're doing like the service and trying to make it a PSA. Thank you oh, for man. your. Oh well, that that just blew my mind because like that. Well, that was like another trend I saw on TikTok for a while. Just people like just. First time discovering that toasters have a goddamn crumb tray. That's that's a interesting trend. I, that there's enough people out there who didn't know about the crumb crumb tray for uh, it to be me. a uh, me. trend. What was that? Crumb <laughs> tray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I can't talk good. Okay? I talk. I don't well, talk good. You know, you need something to catch all of it. You know when it. <laughs> kind of... <laughs> I think, no! I think if there's an, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a road we want to go down. Um, <laughs> particularly oh, turgid road. I, that's fair. It, it definitely would be, and probably uh, similarly damp. Um, oh, <laughs> I can't hear, but I'm nodding. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh boy. This is good. Okay, this is <laughs> this this is dangerous. I'm gonna change topics unless you're unless you had more to talk about the toasters. Oh no, that was just the only thing because like it just blew my mind. I'm like, holy fuck! There's a crumb. There's a tray under here. I'm I'm very happy that you can now clean out your toaster. I thought properly. you did, I thought the crumbs just built up until you had to get a new toaster. Nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually, I actually read. Um, there was a, there was a thread on Twitter actually, and that just reminded me. Um, it, the prompt was, "What is the most how do you not know this thing you've ever seen?" And this guy said he lived with this roommate where she she didn't know that you could empty out vacuums, and she just oh, threw damn. them out every oh. time they got full. Man, oh yeah, that's. There, okay, I I have a one, to two, I have like a, a logical line of thought where that could make sense. Where like people yeah. do that with like printers, because you know, oh it's, yeah, yeah, what? It's because well, in- it, oh, it's, it's more a lot of times it's more expensive to get new ink for printers than it is to just get a new printer. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So I, could see, I I don't know if this is true for this case, but I could see someone who's used to replacing printers going, "Well, the vacuum's full. <laughs> Gotta get a new one." Yep, fair. Okay, well, um, I think uh, we've I think we've reached a point 
into the topic for tonight um because three i think three out of the four of us have done research and watched a show to talk t- for tonight's episode this is fair and home clean- cleanliness is a very big part of that show uh, this is true yes Water exactly beautiful beautiful segue Stu. yeah what show is this uh, I, I I'll apologize to you, uh, bees, because I probably should have briefed you on that beforehand. But I also didn't. Th- this sort of came together as a plan, uh, a little bit organically uh, as the day went on. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, it is an anime called Way of the House Husband. Okay. And I will let Fly take it from there. Okay. Perfect. So, um. I, I thank you for letting me go first because there's actually a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that I think because I know I know uh uh Bigby you and and Stu you both have a lot of things that you want to say about it and I think it's really important that I just jump in here with a little tidbit because it might actually affect what you end up saying about the series so uh, the Way of the House Husband is a series about um, an old Yakuza boss who has quit the lifestyle and has gotten married and is now living a nice domestic life where he is a house husband for his working wife. And the entire comedy and gags come from him being such an intense uh, guy who everything you see he does still looks like he's still a menacing Yakuza boss guy, but it's just him doing like mundane household things. And it's it's really cute and really funny. Um, and the manga is really well done. And the uh, Netflix anime just came out recently. And a lot of people are really upset because it seems like the series has very little to no animation. And uh, to the point where people are commenting how like it looks like a PowerPoint and it's a slideshow, basically. But I think it's really important for people to know that the producer actually asked the studio to specifically do a animated manga, not an anime. And those are two separate things because yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, it's very important for, for me, it's very, it's very important that it matches the style of movement in the manga. Yes. So. That's what, yeah. That's what they yeah. said. Yeah. Um, that they, exactly that, that they wanted it to, uh, make it look like a manga where it doesn't move at all, basically. Um, and it was, yeah, so the producer had said, and this is from a Japanese interview with the director, um, that the producer said, make an animation that looks like a manga, never move the characters. And, and that, that was the prompt that they had to work with. So they actually had to work a lot around um, trying to make it feel like things were still moving without actually ever animating anything. So mm-hmm. in defense of there's no animation, this was a stylistic choice that was purposely done. That's fair. And I do think that is important context uh, because, yeah, my part of my initial view of it was like, you know, it, it first couple moments of watching. I, I now I will say up front, I've only watched really the first couple episodes. I haven't seen the whole season that's out, but um, yeah, it, it 
it definitely seemed very faithful to the manga, but it almost was in my mind, obviously a bit too close, at least in my initial view, because it was, yeah, like barely an anime, uh, mm. or at least in, in the sense that there, like there were clearly like points of animation. I can see where they had that there, but my, in my, no, I didn't really read much about this before jumping in. So I was just expecting this to be a typical anime adaptation which obviously is not what it is, but it, it clearly seems that there was more intent behind that than I initially had assumed. Because, uh, yeah, it's definitely very well drawn, and that was something I did notice. Um, like, the artwork is still very, very good. Just It doesn't look even though it doesn't have a whole lot of frames of animation. It is a lot of just still imagery at points. Uh, yeah. Or particularly stiff animation in some areas just thinking of the second episode when yeah. he does like the hula hoop and stuff it feels kind of there but it definitely felt like a manga moving which and like kind of like a animated manga like as you said which i i can see that they definitely achieved what i think they were going after i just think it's it's one of those things that one i because netflix brands it as another anime for their thing as part of like their their whole like official you know produced anime stuff, uh, at least for the this Western release on their service, it, I went into it without having done this background reading on it, very much expecting like a typical anime, and I think I was kind of thrown off by the fact that it wasn't that. Um, like the first thirty I, seconds of it have you kind of like looking at it and going like, oh, what is this? And like it just it's just like this this switch because i i hadn't really seen anything of it beforehand and like i i love the manga and as soon as getting into like the first 30 seconds of the show i was like this is what they're doing okay and like it really clicked for me but yes like it 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 i could see there's a like a little bit of a little bit of oddness there because i don't think there's any way that netflix really brands different types of animation right it's just animation and anime yeah and on that note i did actually i i saw an anecdotal thing where people had said that they had heard that the marketing for this in japan was completely different that it was uh marketed as um a motion comic instead of an anime and the fact that it's being um marketed as an anime in the west is doing a huge disservice to the series because it is setting different expectations um making people think they're going to get apples when in reality the product is oranges Mm -hmm. no and i i think that's fair i i was enjoying it um i was getting like a laugh out of it 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 was just definitely a bit um weird at first because like i'd seen parts of the manga around online i haven't like read the manga too uh too closely or anything like that but i'd seen some good chunks of it posted around before and like i yeah so i was gonna say aside from like some bits towards the end of the episodes it's pretty much a one-to-one it it did seem like there were some parts i didn't recognize for sure yeah no for sure yeah, like I and the, I, 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 like I said, I, I watched this um, like all earlier today because I completely forgotten it was out, and then finished up work and was like, okay, I'm doing this now while I do chores, and like I, I really enjoyed it. I think like the some of the voice acting, especially voice acting for like 
because there are a bunch of characters who are Yakuza or were former Yakuza, and all their voice acting is great. Like, oh my god, the voice acting is so good. Yeah. I did notice there was quite a bit there for that that I was uh getting a kick out of. Like a lot of a lot of points of like some real hard like Kansai like R rolling and like kind of like leaning into the like super aggressive Yakuza guy doing the ah! but like yeah. but like in the context of why didn't you get that you didn't get the the good stuff from the bargain bin are you fools yeah. <laughs> yeah like a lot of the tone of this is like just take the tone of a Yakuza guy but replace the context of he's in the Yakuza and doing crimes yeah. with he is shopping for good deals. Exactly. So he it's, goes, and yeah. It's, it's like, just, oh, give me it's that so good, good white stuff. <laughs> he's, talking <laughs> about, like, he's talking about like flour or sugar. And the person who's like at the grocery store is like, just gets like, like just complete face shut down and goes, we don't sell that here, sir. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. The one that really got me was the the kid breaking the toy, like the the figurine of yeah. the character that his wife really liked, and uh, he can't figure out what he should do to fix it. So he's like, "All right, we I'll I'll teach you how to clean up this mess." And you're saying get rid of a body, kid. It's basically, like teaching him how to get rid of a body. I loved that. That was like, so funny. So him like teaching him, like, yeah, you gotta like put it in this. You gotta dig the hole. So my, my favorite thing about that whole scene, because it's like he's looking at it's like Tatsu's looking after a kid for an afternoon because like the mom's got like a, a like she, the mom's got like a part time job or she's working at t- something. But like it's just get this like former yak as a guy left alone with like this like eight year old kid. And he's like, so kid, you like games? It's like, oh, yeah, I love Mario Kart. <laughs> that one got me i i do like the i like it when anime and just ju- series in general try to skirt around the the licensing and do stuff like you know oh we ha- look it up on moogle and oh it's morio cards and then like the kids like oh yeah i love games i love Mario Kart. and then tattoo proceeds like the the house husband proceeds to um essentially play every single gambling mini game from a yakuza game in front of this kid <laughs> Like he plays Koi Koi, he plays um he plays like CeeLo, he plays like like odds or evens with, with dice. Like so good. Yeah, like anyway, yeah. Zeus is very reminiscent for me of a lot of like the wackier, like a lot of the, the wackier stuff, like the real like a lot more of the, the cartoonish stuff that's in um RPG studio, the the Yakuza makers, like in their games. Like kind of gets into like four coma ish stuff a little bit because like, all right here's the scenario for the next five minutes how will tatsu get out of this wacky situation yeah it really does i was gonna say that is a structure that and to be fair like that's that's very much a part of like the manga as well because mm-hmm. it is that kind of gag manga style of uh of peace and that's mm-hmm. not to say anything uh bad about it either it's quite funny Yeah, it's one where if you're going into it going, oh, hey, cool, I'm going to watch like a I'm going to watch like a short season about the story of this house husband who used to be in the Yakuza. I wonder what they're going to do with it. It's like, that's not what this is about. This is the guy who happens to have been in the Yakuza and that informs the comedy. The storyline is that like there's there's not like there's not like an, an A to Z here all the paths along the way here are the beats. It's like, no, this this 
this dude is set in his life and he's like going to try to get cabbage for a hundred yen. And yeah. he's real psyched about it. And he, and and the, I, yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say you commented on a part that I really like about the series. And I kind of wish I would see in series more often, um, but it's hard to do. Um, the idea that the series feels like it's taken place after the series we were supposed to watch right like there there is a there is a heavy there's a potential like heavy drama series that involves yeah. tatsu um meeting his wife miku what is yeah, Miku. yeah meeting his wife miku and getting out uh getting out of the yakuza and like kind of like the family falling apart and him like finally getting his way out and then like it ends yeah. with him like putting on his apron yeah exactly where he had to have like a huge thing and a huge story arc of like realizing like oh maybe this life isn't for me anymore i can be happy being a house husband sort it's of the reverse thing. of john and, like, wick well, that's exactly that. Well, I, I would actually say it is like what John Wick should have been if his wife didn't have cancer, right? <laughs> John so. Wick, if the dog didn't die, if, if his the wife dog went into remission and they and the dog lived a long and happy life, yeah. But the dog wasn't after. spoilers yeah. for John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever seen the third John Wick movie. Without the first Wait, two, really? uh, what? That's that's a wild uh, place to jump into that series. Uh, well, see, it was just like I was set, uh, having a session up my friend's house one day, and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna watch John Wick 3. I'm like, "I haven't seen the other two, but okay." When I went to uh, was over at uh, JC's place, and he's like, "You ever watch The Mandalorian?" And I'm like, uh, "No." I was like, "Yeah, I guess we could like throw that on, check it out." Like, I, I've heard good things about it, and he's like, "All right, cool. We're gonna watch the last episode of the second season." <laughs> all right cool dude i had never watched any uh avatar last airbender um and then was like some friends were like oh hey we're doing a thing on saturday if you want to come over and hang out so i was like oh yeah cool and then turns out oh. they were watching um the end of legend the last two episodes of season one of legend of Korra, uh and the oh first God. episode of season two and i was just like i was like oh cool this must be like a big reveal about this guy right and they're like no this is out of nowhere i was like oh <laughs> Oh my god. And then I proceeded to do the same thing with the end of season two and the start of season three. And I was like, man, I got no context, but this show looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Wick one and two are, I would say, really, really good action movies. Um like you like you would you the, the context for the entirety of John Wick occurs in the first like fifteen minutes of John Wick One. But I'm I like, will right. say it is for as brief and as as uh like kind of quick as it is it is uh it is very impactful and it does a really good job of like selling the emotion of the character with uh telling a lot with a little yep and for giving one of the mm -hmm. best like you did like to the bad guys another bad guy going you did a really dumb fucking thing here and the back is like, wait, what are you talking about? What did I do? And then he gives the explanation for how screwed this guy is for having messed with John Wick. Yeah. And there's like this long, multi-minute conversation about how this is the guy who is going to kill you. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. 
you're not just going to fucked. stop. It was like a demon explaining to another demon that that the Doom Slayer is coming. Basically, yeah. It man, and it's so great because we get this whole intro that basically really sells us on the emotion of who this character is, like like the the real side of John Wick, and then which which we see that in that the vulnerability of who he is initially uh, in his grief. And then they very gradu- they gradually, but they ramp it up relatively quickly. But they there's a decent bit of buildup that very nicely like coincides with him basically like getting his shit together to like yeah I'm gonna go fuck these guys up now. And it just it really delivers on the like oh that let's let's start to pull back the the curtain on who John Wick actually was before we saw him at the start of the movie and like what he's actually capable of. Because I know that basically ends with uh, the the like group of dudes like breaking into his house and like him gunning them all down, and then the police show up at his door and they know who he is, and that is just like the wildest shit. Like the thing that they do a bit in three that's a pretty it's a it's a hard constant in one and two is like especially in one is like like some catastrophic event of violence happens, and then someone like shows up and goes like, "Hey, John." Um, you back working? Which was like, <laughs> just for a bit. And person's like, okay. And in the case of the cop, it's like, yeah, there's just bodies everywhere. And he's like, sounds like someone was sending some fireworks off. Hey, John. John's like, <laughs> that's what you've heard. And it's like, it three definitely gets deep into the lore of that world. But like, one and two, it's a little more like, like there are like hints here and there that like, oh yeah, there's like, there's a whole kind of world underneath the surface of regular life where everyone knows who John Wick is. It's like, yeah, he like he sneaks up, but he's like, oh, he's tracking down one of the people he needs to kill on John Wick one, and he like sneaks up behind a bouncer behind like Kevin Nash randomly. Um, that's a wrestler for the wrestleheads out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like kind of like just points a gun in his back, and then like the the the, the random bouncer looks over his shoulders and says like. Oh, hey, John, like everyone knows him. Like infamous guy. Yeah. It's, I do love those great. movies. He's, he's one of the best characters that's come out of action movies in like the last decade. Hmm. For sure. It's also, it's also like a, a great showcase of like everyone Keanu Reeves wants to work with. Where like Keanu Reeves is like, oh, I really want to work with like most of the dudes who were in the raid. Huh. That's great. That's and you know what? Good on him and good on the people from the raid who got to, you know, work on that stuff. Cause I mean that it's just like, uh, it's it's good. It's like I wanna film a bunch of action scenes with the guy from Iron Chef who would bite into the pepper. I mean, it's kind of wild to think about because like you wouldn't necessarily ascribe it to Keanu Reeves, but like he really is like one of the most influential action movie stars of like the two thousands and like the twenty tens. Hell yeah, man. He, I mean, yeah, I he, was he, hard on he was also Neo in the Matrix, right? And that was the impact that had on like action movies is like immeasurable. I need to see more Keanu Reeves movies. He seems like a really good actor. I've only ever seen two John Wick 3 and fuck, I can't remember the other what it was called, but it's like this movie from the 90s where he's like a detective and about. Uh, like these surf or no he joins like the surf crew to like stop these group of bank robbers point oh, break what was it called 
it's point, point break, break. Yes, yeah, that was it. Oh, I, that was a really good movie. He's, I he's, really enjoyed that movie. You, you should have watched mm-hmm. for like peak '90s action film of shit. What do we have? Okay, we have a we have a we have a bus we can rent for like the next couple months. All right, cool. We need to film something about a bus, and that's where you get the movie Speed, <laughs> which is just a movie about Keanu Reeves being an FBI man and being stuck on a bus that's going that will explode if it goes slower than like 60 miles per hour. And the entire movie is just you got a bus full of people and the bus can't stop. So what do you do? You got to go fast. <laughs> Man, the plot of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 isn't what I expected. Also, I, for as much as, like, a lot of comic book movies of the early 2000s are, like, a lot of them are, a lot of them are just kind of, like, bad or get into that. It's bad, but it's kind of good still. I, I do really still enjoy that Constantine movie. It is not John Constantine at all. Oh, when he plays. Yeah. Like it is not, it is not the character from the comics. It is not like the hard smoking yeah. British guy. It is Keanu Reeves doing, doing an American John Constantine, but it's still really good. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know that I've actually seen it. I should check that out. You should. It's, uh, it's on Netflix. You could check it out. This is fair. Yeah. Well, um, if you've ever been a fan, it's it's got one of my favorite uh, Pietro Storamare. Um, I think that's how you say his whole name. Um, yeah, like so, Pietro yeah. Storamare. Like it's got one of his like best roles as just evil guy. But uh, evil guy TM. <laughs> yeah, it's it's oh. worth a look. As is Speed. Um, as are a bunch of his films. For as much as people like to make like the a bunch of people back in the day really like to meme on him for the for knowing of the kung fu, like he's he's a really great actor and has been in a lot of good stuff. This is definitely true, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely uh, recognized at this point. I would say, but everybody loves Keanu now. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like you if you're memeing on Keanu, you're you're kind of just like. You're just asking to get shit on by a lot get of memed on yourself. Yeah, really. <laughs> that that's the meme at this point. Um But no, I mean, we're getting Matrix Four, so this is uh it's happening. It it's happening. But uh while we're talking about recommendations, um we should probably head over to our shout out corner for this week. And I think, given what we've been talking about, my recommendation for this week is, uh, since we're talking about wild uh, 90s movies, go and watch Hackers. Oh, man. Classic. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, I hadn't seen that before I met my boyfriend, but we had a, a movie night one night, and he showed me that. and. <laughs> As someone who works in the IT industry, <laughs> this movie is yeah. complete utter horseshit. But yeah. it it is it has such a stupid fucking style to it, <laughs> and it 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 holds it to such a degree. Like it has this such a like fantastical view of what like being a hacker is, but it, it's so it's so brilliant. It's awful, but it's 
it's also amazing at the same time. It's so campy, but it's so good. Like there, there's a scene in this film, just if you haven't seen it, where they they arrange with like between like the the main like hacker group and the the like pseudo hacker dude who's working for like the big corporation that's like the the evil antagonist of the film. They're like organizing this like drop with him to like give him some like important hard drive or something and like <laughs> as they're like there to like hand off the drop he like zooms by on this fucking skateboard while he's wearing this like weird fucking suit and everything like it's just the, it's like like as though like that's that's the shit they do like this is this is like the way it is <laughs> he's a rich so... he's like a rich grunge goth guy yeah, you started working. For, you started working for the man, and but he's looks gonna... way too old to even be able to pull off that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. I do love the like pseudo legit like phone hacking that they kind of illustrate to be like, wait, we need some actual real hacking in this movie. So let's talk about ancient phone hacking that did work back in the day. And then everything back else is like, day. yeah, everything else is like. Oh yes, here's the weird VR scape that are uh are like I don't know, like Cisco soft nineties computers are hacking into from Grand Central Station in, in New York. Hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's great. It's it's a mess, but it's a hot mess and it's really fun. Um Yeah, it's soundtrack's pretty good, actually I'll say. That's that's one thing I'll say is it's definitely good. It's nineties as hell. Uh but it's it's quite it's it's choice i got mine out of the way <laughs> whoever wants to go next uh go. yeah I'll, i'm gonna jump in and say <laughs> i'm gonna recommend the first season of the amc show called the terror oh it, wow that's so weird i was watching a youtube video earlier today actually that was talking about uh the amc network because i just i watch weirdly random stuff like that on <laughs> sometimes and uh yeah they were talking about how good that show was so that's a strange coincidence in my day today but <laughs> go on sorry that's yeah that's oh no that's fine weird coincidence but yeah um so um we uh me and invisibo fly watched the first season and we just finished it um it is I am going to preface this with it's an anthology series so season 2 has nothing to do with season 1 uh, but season one, you have the two real life ships, the uh, SS Terror and SS Erebus, sailing from England in 1845, trying to find the Northwest Passage through Canada's Arctic to get to China. And the SS Terror and Erebus were considered like the most technologically advanced ships of their age, right? And they've got provisions for days, really skilled captains, and they feel like, you know, we've got a really good shot at being the first people to go through the Arctic to get to China. In real life, the ships were lost, they were abandoned, and the crews were never found. So this is just like a fun little show trying to like make up what happened to them while they were out in the Arctic. And I don't want to talk too much about it. 
uh, without getting into spoilers and 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 um, too many details, but it is a really well done show where you really feel the claustrophobia and the hold of the Arctic, where there's no one around who's going to help. I and, kind of forget the ship oh, names, but that's like the Franklin Expedition, right? Yeah, yeah, the John Franklin Great, Expedition. Yeah. Yep. So mm. the one oh, that is just. <laughs> <laughs> so you know like spoilers like in real life they were never found so um but it is the franklin expedition that was um that had tried to go through the arctic and then they never made it so um i do really recommend it uh it it was really well done the actors were all amazing um and uh i just really like how a lot there were a lot of really amazing shots of the ships you know out there in the arctic amongst the ice and there were a lot of there's a lot of moments where the camera just holds on an actor while they're uh, saying their lines or telling a story and it just feels so heavy and you feel captivated by what they're saying even if it has real no relevance to the actual story and it's just it's just a really really good story um i will also uh put like a little disclaimer that because it's in 1845 there are some outdated terms and ways um the inuit people are addressed when they meet uh inuit people in the show so it's not like so like oh bad white man kind of language um it is language that is appropriate for the time but it is outdated just to preface this for anybody who may be particularly mindful of that kind of thing when they you know go and seek out media with indigenous people so i really rec i really recommend it it was really good um one thing that I really liked is because of this setting in 1845, all of these characters, you know, they're very religious, but they are also very scientifically, uh, like they're like, they think with a scientific mind trying to think like how to get through their, their current problems without like defaulting to be like, Oh, it's demons and things like that. But they are still religious so it's a very nice point in time where there's like a very strong balance between their religion and their scientific mindsets. So it's just a really good show. And I really recommend the first season if you can. That's fair. It does sound pretty chill. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. Chill. I, I do I do love the tragedy that is the Franklin Expedition. So I'm going to have to find mm-hmm. a way to watch this. You definitely, if you really like just the mystery and, and like you said, the tragedy of them just getting lost, you are really going to enjoy this. You're really going to enjoy seeing these people fucking suffer. Hey man, I listen, hey man, like, great stories of tragedy are gripping. Yeah. With a certain degree of with a certain degree of distance. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. That. No, that's 100% fair. Uh, Anyways, well, I guess... Um, yeah. I guess for uh, my recommendation, um, if you're like me, and uh, you enjoy a good acapella, uh, I I have stumbled acro- across a group called Home Free uh, recently. 
Um, they they have a it's a group of four guys or four or five guys. Uh, and uh, again, there's not really much more to say. Uh, it's just I really enjoy a good acapella, and I found their stuff to be pretty entertaining. One thing that I have actually uh, listened to for quite a while now um, is their rendition of American Pie. Oh. Um, but they, but the thing is, they all they actually have Don McLean with them at seventy five years old singing with them, and they do the entire song. Uh, again, it's with Don, with Don McLean, and I just I've ha- not on haven't on I haven't had it on repeat, but I definitely listen to it at least once a day for the past little bit now. I just really enjoy their voices. And just hearing Don McLean at 75 still sounding great like that. Just amazing. Go ahead then and uh, recommend a book series that I've, I've, I've recommended to some people before to read. Um, I need to called... read more, actually. Hmm. Well, this might be up your alley. Um, or might not. But it's <laughs> a series called The Murderbot Diaries um, by Martha Wells. Um, and it's a series of uh, four novellas, so they're like they're they're in the range of like 180 to like 230 pages each, and then like a, a full novel for the fifth in the series. And it's all about this um, this cyborg security uh, kind of like like mercenary um, who has named itself in its own head Murderbot, and it might be like the only the only cyborg security creature in at least in this sci-fi galaxy where humanity is really spread out that has free will because it woke up one day and realized that it's governor module that keeps it from you know doing certain things like murdering all humans or letting humans get murdered by local flora and fauna um, wasn't working and then hacked itself Um, and what you end up with is a series of really great novellas just about murderbot um trying to deal with humanity around it um and murderbot is like a very very sarcastic person um it's a little bit like a very socially awkward bender but with more like from futurama but with more desire to kill um and in particular something that really endeared me to this character is that because they're supposed to be like this this unfeeling unmoving cyborg security agent after they hack themselves every single time they like get to a public terminal or like a space station they just download thousands of hours of soap operas and dramas and tv shows and then just while they're standing doing security just watch tv all the time (laughs) because they can keep a portion of the robotic brain focused on protecting oh the meat protecting all the meat people who are walking around and making sure they're not going to fall in a hole or die because they don't want people to die because it would be bad because if the corp finds out that they have hacked themselves they're going to get liquidated um so yeah it's it's it is a really great series um they're quick they're like they're novellas they're like mostly around 200 pages they're quick to get through it does such a really good job of making Murderbot like for 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 someone who names himself Murderbot, for making them like really really like relatable like as a bit of, as a bit of an introvert who just like people for a long period of time and just do things like just read or watch or play stuff it's really relatable to have someone who just wants people to stop talking to them so they can get back to like you know the tv show they really like and it's set in a pretty it's set in a an overall like i find to be pretty interesting like sci-fi setting 
of like there's no like central governing body of humanity it's like independence it's independent system it's like kind of like like system spanning like corporations and just murderbot trying to live his life Aww. we all ought to be more like murderbot <laughs> <laughs> no that actually does sound really good though i actually mm-hmm. might take a look at that myself the first book is called all systems red oh who's the author again martha wells martha wells look it up guys but uh i think with that i think that's gonna do it for us for this week i think so yeah i think that's a pretty good conclusion for uh episode 24 of balcony banter it's a good one guys we appreciate having you on thanks for having us mm, good to be on it's good i i like being able to come onto the podcast and push my sky writing agenda <laughs> Don't let, don't let Big Blimp take the skies away from you, everyone. <laughs> Make sure to support Little Blimp. Small Blimp miss. Support your mom and pop uh, Skyriders. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of supporting, uh, make sure you go and support uh, Blackbird Bell. Go look him up. Uh, he is the one who provides our intro and outro tunes. Absolutely. Go look him up on Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, SoundCloud. Twitter. We also have a Twitter as well. Uh, balcony underscore banter. Beautiful segue. Give us a follow. Yeah. We post the dankest meme. Uh, only the one, though. Only the one meme. The, the o- only the one. one. We have. We have it. It's our. It's our greatest treasure. The <laughs> dankest. Well, I've been Bigby, and I've been Bias. We'll see y'all next week here on the balcony. Stay sexy, folks. See ya.